The New Orleans Pelicans have used their second two-way contract yesterday on Isaiah Brockington. So does that mean a bigger trade is in the works? And how does EJ Liddell factor into all of this? I've got the answers in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available right here on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. The show is going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. We got a big show. Because the Pelicans made a move yesterday, the the rare like early September signing that sends us all freaking out, right? Because it's a little bit of an eyebrow-raising move. So we're going to look at why it's kind of confusing, what it means for the bigger picture, and is there a bigger trade coming for New Orleans from all of this? And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether the little moves are actually precursors to big moves and what they all mean in the grand scheme of things, making the most sense of what's going on with this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, tell a friend about the show, and leave a five-star review with a comment. So Isaiah Brockington was signed to the Pelicans' second two-way deal. This is an undrafted guard out of Iowa State, a five-year college guy, though he didn't play one year as he redshirted, and he's currently out injured. That's something to keep in mind with all of this. This move means that the Pelicans have used both of their two-way deals. They immediately signed Darion Sebron to a two-way deal the night of the NBA draft after he went undrafted. So both of their two-way slots are filled. This raises an eyebrow for a few reasons. One, the Pelicans right now, between their two-way deals and the number of players they have signed to guaranteed contracts, means all of their roster spots are completely full for opening night. And that means rookie EJ Liddell out of Ohio State, who has a torn ACL in his right knee, he's unsigned. We've all wondered, and one of the number one questions I've been getting from y'all is, what are they doing with EJ Liddell? Is there an update on his contract, right? Well, right now, right now, he looks to be the odd man out, right? It feels like this other two-way deal should have been for EJ Liddell, right? At the very least, it's do right by him. He was there in summer league. And when this happened, in the opening game, we were all very high on him. I had him as my 19th best prospect in the draft. I loved, loved that they managed to get him at 41st, 42nd, whatever it was in the second round and was so disappointed to see that. And on their introductory press conference for him and Dyson Daniels, Trajan Langdon, the GM, said, you know, they looked at him hard last year. They've scouted this guy 20 plus times in person. They have a number of people in their front office who were big EJ Liddell fans. So we expect him or expected him, maybe it's past tense now, just maybe, to be some sort of part of the roster in some capacity, most likely on a two-way deal. But now those are not there. So 
what are they going to do? They're certainly not going to leave him unsigned, let someone else in some capacity potentially poach him away from the team, right? So what does that lead us to? And this is where I saw Twitter go into a little bit of a, a craziness yesterday, today, depending on when you're listening. And I warn you to walk some of that back. You know, when you combine it, that EJ Liddell is the odd man out, and you combine it with the rumored interest in a guy who I talked about last week, two weeks ago, Boyan Bogdanovich from the Utah Jazz, someone who makes a lot of sense for the Pelicans. If you're trying to read the tea leaves, maybe if you're putting on tinfoil hat, I don't have the one I've used as a prop before. I should have gotten that or just made another one. If you're trying to kind of predict things or make things up too, it seems like a bigger trade could be in the works to clear room, right? An unbalanced trade, because that's what the Pelicans will need to do if they want to really add to this roster or sign anyone else. They didn't sign anyone in free agency, well, because they didn't have roster spots for them. And they're pushing close to the luxury tax, but that's something that we'll probably talk about in tomorrow's show. I want to look at them from a salary cap perspective and the rising salary cap too, and how that's going to impact New Orleans. So an unbalanced trade for a guy like Bogdanovich seems to make a lot of sense. Send out, and this is hypothetical, Devontae Graham, and Jackson Hayes, and a, some sort of first-round pick, or two first-round picks, for Bogdanovich, because the Utah Jazz are very clearly rebuilding and going for picks. And that makes a lot of sense. Send out two guys, bring in Bogdanovich, sign EJ Liddell to like a minimum contract or something along those lines, and everyone goes home happy. And a lot of people, I think, are jumping to that conclusion that something like that is about to occur. It still might, but I'll tell you this, and I'll explain why in the next segment. I do not think, I do not think that signing Isaiah Brockington to a two-way contract is linked to a bigger trade at all. I think they both can be happening at the same time, but I think they are separate, entirely separate. I'll explain why coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before I do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Saturday and Sunday, so much fun. So much fun. So you can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including all of week two in the NFL. BetOnline.net, your continued source for all your sports wagering information. You get live betting, esports, and other scores, too. The Saints are underdogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week two. But if you notice that line's shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and Vegas is starting to come around, maybe the betting public is starting to come around on the Saints as well. So betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on everything. You go to the website today. You can also get there on your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And now for your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA feed. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, the back-to-back MVP. Which NBA player moves the betting lines the most this season? Locked On and Bet Online odds makers present the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting on September 19th. You can find it on the Locked On NBA channel wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can also hear me there every Wednesday doing our national show alongside John Krause. Real fun. We have a good time. Uh, really fun. We have a great time on there. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today, though. So let's keep looking at, does this Isaiah Brockington two-way signing mean really anything? And again, I really don't think these things are linked. 
I don't think EJ Liddell's factor into this two-way deal with Isaiah Brockington in that, oh no, now we got to sign him to an actual roster spot and let's make a trade to clear room for that. Again, they could be negotiating with other teams. They could be looking to improve their roster. Every team is looking to do that, even at this time in the year. But here's the thing, right? Isaiah Brockington is injured. Injured. An ACL injury. The Pelicans liked him pre-draft. They brought him in for a workout and were definitely considering him in the second round. And his numbers were good. His numbers at uh, Iowa State, his senior year, fifth year senior, right? 16.9 points per game. He shot from three, 36%, not on big volume, but he's a very good rebounder from the guard position, grabbing seven boards. He's a big athlete. He's six foot four, so he's got decent size. They felt really good about his athleticism, his explosiveness, and as a guy that can go out and get buckets. But here's the thing, and this was first reported by Andrew Lopez of ESPN. Isaiah Brockington suffered this injury during his workout with the New Orleans Pelicans during the pre-draft process. He's out injured right now. Now, maybe they're signing him to a two-way deal, being like, well, he's going to come back sooner than EJ Liddell, right? So it makes sense to sign the guy that might play sooner for you to that second two-way spot. But what I'm hearing And I'm not 100% certain on this, but what I'm hearing from talking to people, multiple people on this one is, it's a torn ACL in, you know, it's not like he's necessarily coming back quicker than EJ Liddell, who has a torn ACL in his right knee. What I think this probably is, if I really had to guess, and you're putting me on the spot to make a prediction... I think this may just be a nice gesture by the Pelicans. He came in for a workout and had just this awful injury happen that stopped him from getting drafted and has kind of derailed the start to Brockington's NBA career. You know, this just might be a nice gesture by the Pelicans to do good by him, even if it's in limited capacity. You know, teams cycle through two-way guys all the time. The Pelicans uh, cycle through two-way guys all the time. You know, they're cheap deals. They don't need to, you don't need to really worry about it too much. And you can cut them if they're not really good. You know, the Pelicans had Dalton Holmes on a two-way deal last year and they waived him. They did this throughout Del Demp's tenure, right? When these first came in that they kind of cycled through a lot of guys till they found ones that really stuck. So you can cut guys if they're not particularly good, and then give that spot to someone else at a later period in time. So signing a guy to a two-way deal, eh, it doesn't really tie him to the team. These are things that are, for lack of a better word, disposable contracts in a sense. So you could waive him and still sign EJ Liddell there. Or, as a number of you have asked about, John Butler, the 7-1 small forward out of Florida State who played with the team in summer league and in those final two games played relatively well and is very intriguing because we all love size like that, right? That's why a number of y'all love Taco Fall still, even though he hasn't shown anything at the NBA level and still think we should trade for him or for Bull Bull. You know who you are if, <laughs> if I'm talking about you on this one. And it's okay. Love the guys that you want to love, even if I disagree and don't think that they're going to be any good. But because... He's probably that because Brockton's going to probably be out for the whole season. I don't really have a lot of faith that this is a precursor to a bigger move. And it's like, oh, well, we, we signed this guy to that. And now we got to find another spot for EJ Liddell. I think they can still put EJ Liddell in the spot. Just do it at a later period in time. Again, they still can be negotiating for a bigger trade. But I don't think it's to make room specifically 
for EJ Liddell because both two-way contracts are filled. They're separate, they're separate things here, right? And that's what I truly think is going on, especially when you look at the history of these two-way deals and that you can just kind of be like, this guy's terrible, goodbye, let's go get another one in and cycle through them and cycle through them and cycle through them. Because when I look at this team, I don't think they're necessarily desperate to make a move. So let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. You can do it on Spotify now. You can do it on Apple too. It takes 30 seconds. And the number one thing you can do Hit that little like bell button, right? That makes sure you're subscribed on YouTube and then comment down below on YouTube. Comment, comment, comment. Let me know. You know, do you think signing Isaiah Brockington is a precursor to a bigger deal? Or do you think this is just a nice thing that the Pelicans are doing, right? I think it's more of the latter, but let me know what you think. And of course, again, thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen. Your second listen, Locked on Saints with Ross Jackson breaking down the dramatic stress-inducing win the Saints had over the Falcons in week one. That was fun. I listened to Ross immediately. Dude's the best. I love him being part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure Locked On Saints is your second listen today. So I don't think this Pelicans team is desperate to make a move. I think they would like to. I think Bogdanovich makes a lot of sense, but he's an expensive player. He's an expensive player, and this team is pushing the luxury tax already. And I want to get into some of that stuff tomorrow, the luxury tax, the rising cap, what it means for the team and kind of putting that context into a bigger perspective for you. And we'll look at that in tomorrow's show. That was a good question that was asked to me on Twitter when I put out a call for questions. And of course, if you have an idea for a show or a question, put it in the comments down below on YouTube too, and it might make it up here. I look at those, I listen to them. Um, It's a great way to get what you want heard on the show. But I don't think this team is desperate to make a move. At... She dat we dat asked me on Twitter if I see Graham remaining on this team in the near future. And here's the thing. I can see that. I can see that. This team has been very protective of their future first round picks that they have, whether they're Pelicans or other teams. They use them on big deals, right? They've used them um, on guys like Valanchunas and to move off some bad money, things like that. They could do it for Bogdanovich, who's on the other side of 30 and maybe makes you a little bit nervous. And he's a guy that fits, but doesn't fit in terms of like the, the exact positions you need. But I think they feel good. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of Devontae Graham. I wasn't a fan of the move to get him that past offseason, the contract they gave him and giving up a, a protected first round pick, which they then still traded. So it ended up working out. But I'm not the biggest fan of him, but at the same time, again, he's a shooter that maybe should be better this coming season. And if he is, that can be useful with Zion Williamson back out there, right? You know, we, we've seen him kind of had his role change, go to the bench and buy into that too, which I give him a lot of credit for. I don't think he was like good in the postseason, but he wasn't atrocious, wasn't like the worst guy out there. It's not a Garrett Temple-esque player. So I don't think this team is desperate to make a trade just to, to make a trade or to free up some roster spots. I think the way I look at this is they go, okay, it'd be nice if we could, but if we don't, then we just wave Isaiah Brockington from this two-way deal and we'll sign EJ Liddell there. None of this needs to be resolved right now. None of this needs to be resolved on September 13th, 12th, 14th, 15th, or this month. Right? The first preseason game isn't until October 7th. 
And even then, with EJ Liddell and some of the two-way guys and the end-of-bench guys, it doesn't. you don't need to resolve this right now. I think they would certainly like to make a trade to improve the roster. But like, am I breaking news there for y'all? Is there one team in the league... Okay, there's a few teams in the league that wouldn't want to do this. I was going to say, is there one team in the league that doesn't want to make a trade and improve their roster? Maybe the Jazz don't want to do that. Maybe the Thunder don't want to do that. There's probably a few teams that are outright tanking. But if teams that aren't outright blatantly tanking, is there any team that doesn't actually want to improve the roster a little bit? Of course not. They all want to. So me saying that, me saying to you that they're calling other teams... Y'all know that. Come on now. So, but I don't think they're desperate to do it. I don't think they're going to force a trade because they're like, oh, we got to sign EJ Liddell and we're sweating. So I don't think this is necessarily a precursor to a bigger move, especially when you get the context that Andrew Lopez provided saying, well, Brockington injured his ACL and maybe, maybe tore his ACL here in New Orleans working out with the team. They feel bad. So they're doing something nice, right? That seems to make a lot of sense to me. It's in a sense, the right thing. He's going to make some money. That'll be that. You can say he was a two-way player. That's that. And then, you know, when they need to win games, and that's what they're in the business of doing, because they're not outright tanking, those roster spots are valuable. If Jay Liddell isn't going to play all season, do you really want to use a roster spot on him? Maybe, but waving Isaiah Brockington, maybe bringing him back this next summer, or signing him to an Exhibit 10 deal where he'll get some guaranteed money, and putting AJ Liddell in the two-way slot, makes a lot of sense. And I think ultimately that's probably what's going to end up happening versus a trade for Bogdanovich that gives them an empty roster spot that they could sign Liddell to. You can sign someone else into that spot or you can use that to make another trade later where you send out two players and bring back three or two and one, right? Um, or sorry, send out one and bring back two the other way around. The reverse to fill out your roster. Having that empty roster spot gives you a lot more flexibility going into the season and at the trade deadline than if you're carrying a player on it who's not going to play at all that season because he's out injured. Now, again, maybe they want to do the right thing, but from a pure on-court perspective, one of those makes a whole lot more sense than the other, I think. So I think I've seen a lot of people read a little too much into what to expect and what this Isaiah Brockington deal means. And once we get kind of the more context around it, I think you really start to see yeah, okay, this is probably the direction it's going and these two things are not linked together. But let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. I'm curious. You buying into the conspiracy theory here or you're like, no, you're right. You know, this probably isn't meaning anything bigger. And if something else happens, it's not necessarily linked to this. This is just a trade that they are working on. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. I do want to look at the salary cap, the tax, and all that stuff tomorrow. We're going to do a whole show around that. Um, I'll shout out the Twitter follower who and listener and viewer who said that because that was a great question that gave me a good idea for like three segments on a show. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all next time.